0: hey brandon hey Alan. and welcome to dice over everything the miniatures gaming podcast
1: so i've been thinking of taking up drinking tea rather than just like pounding monster energy drinks
0: that's probably healthy
1: but the thing is like i don't want to go around boiling water because it just seems like a lot of work i don't know why you can't just like take a mug put water in it and just put it in the microwave and nuke it like what why can't you just do that and then put a tea bag in
0: uh, you, you can do that. You're just a little bit of a savage, but yeah, you can do that for, for sure. I bet you people do that, and they're like, why are you calling me a savage? But you are a savage if you do that.
1: But mm. it's totally fine. Well, I already know I'm kind of uncultured trash. <laughs> I just said, <laughs> moving from drinking Monster i to just okay. drinking water. but
0: I'm not saying that I'm not a savage. Literally, mm-hmm. I like take a lot of time to – not a lot of time. I, I, I take time to make my coffee. It's just French press right in the morning. But – what, if it gets too cold, because uh, I didn't drink my last cup of coffee, because I drank the entire thing, I will nuke my coffee,
1: my last cup of coffee, just to keep it warm. But that's but, mostly
0: during the winter when it's, you
1: know, I like the warmth. But At least you've made it the proper way to start with. I'm just like... Sure. I was going to the microwave. Cause technology, right? Makes everything better? Well, yeah,
0: but you're not actually... You're just using it to warm up the water, right? You're, yeah. You're...
1: So. I just need boiling water. Like I, I don't know why everybody doesn't just like put it in the microwave. Why have this extra step of this kettle thing when you can just go straight to the mug? Uh,
0: yeah, I guess you can do it and tell us how it how it goes. Uh, I, you know what? <laughs> you should try it. You should try it and tell me. Actually, I, I'm, I'm quite interested. I used to think that it was terrible to microwave your coffee, and in some ways it still is, but I do it now. So I obviously feel like it's not that bad, relatively speaking.
1: So maybe it'll be fine.
0: I wonder if there's any kind of safety. Nah, nah it's just water. It should be fine. It'll just be hot water.
1: I mean, if it boils over the side, you try and pick up the cup and it's got boiling water on it, but
0: whatever. You just don't feel it too It's not going to boil, right? You want it just steam? Yeah.
1: I don't know, it seems perfect. Why I don't know why you doesn't do this. <laughs> well there might be some sort of tradition or something. I don't know.
0: I, I wonder if there's some sort of danger thing. I don't know. But uh it, it seems fine. Usually it's oil or something reacting to it. So yeah, you should do it. And it won't get to actually get that hot.
1: Anyways I boil water. Oh, maybe in. it
0: superheats the the water and then you're likely to burn yourself or something when you put the
1: tea bag in. I have no idea. I don't know. I nuke water. Have all you the tried time. it? Have you been Bur- doing it? No, I only nuke water in mugs currently to uh, reposition bench resin parts. So, <laughs> so, it, you,
0: so you've done it. Theoretically, yeah. it should totally work. Yeah, yeah. Your tea is just like you know your, your bent your your resin water, so
1: it should be fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with using the same mugs for the same purpose
0: anyway. Yeah, well, I guess the idea is before that you were drinking Monster Energy drinks, so it's got to be a step up, no matter how you're drinking your tea.
1: Mm, okay.
0: The only question is, are you going to enjoy the fact that it's hot uh,
1: instead of having it be uh, a, a nice cool or cold drink? I figure I might be able to trick myself in the middle of winter. That's why you know it's <laughs> the end of the, it's the middle of winter. You can you can do those sort of things, make those yeah. sort of changes.
0: So this is one of those
1: things in the new year,
0: a new idea, a new you. You're going to be a little bit healthier. Instead of drinking one Monster Energy drink, you'll you'll knock back ten ten green teas or something.
1: Yes, I only drink one monster a day as recommended <laughs> on the can. Of course, I follow the instructions.
0: I just said I drank uh, the full, uh, like, brew, the full size brew of uh, coffee in the morning, which is at least three cups. So you're in good company of people who do not take care of themselves. And then I microwaved the last cup. So. Sweet. All right. All right. In any case, that uh, kind of of uh leads up to what this one is is going to be about the
1: end of the year our, our retrospective on what we thought we were going to do or to, i don't know did we go back and listen to what we thought we were going to do in this year because that i feel like that would have been too ambitious to create plans for this year i did not
0: listen to all of the podcasts no i did not well we would only I did have think had to about listen, it though
1: we would have only had to listen to the retrospective one to listen to oh, the previous stupid, one. To listen to what our stupid thoughts are of what would happen in 2023. Because we're definitely going to come up with stupid thoughts of what's going to happen in 2024 this time.
0: So, so yes, I did think of, read that, but that will be for the next D6 minutes, maybe?
1: Oh, how badly we failed at our hobby goals compared to what we yep. thought we'd do? Sure.
0: I'm only saying that because I actually didn't read it or, wa- or watch it, so, um, you know. As long as I can push it off with a good excuse, I think it'll work.
1: I'm just going to BS that I knew what I was going to do. And then I got (laughs) it done. Well, a lot of it
0: is like, you know, your your, your miniature gaming projects. All right. So for this retrospective, we've uh, come up with a new list of things we're going to go over. So uh, we will – the first thing is uh, to sum up the year in a sentence. And this is not just the year in general, although it could be. But like – the minute for just specifically for our miniature and hobby gaming journey so after that we're gonna do year highlights then best game best hobby experience and uh worst hobby letdown all right so let's start
1: do we we want to talk about whether we aimed for not aimed for but ended up doing quantity over quality of miniatures or quality over quantity of miniatures this year
0: Sure, let's do that right now.
1: All right. And it sounds like you want me to start. Yes. So some years we paint for painting competitions. Uh-huh. This year was not one of them. So we. Mm-hmm. D- I don't think I can, I definitely wouldn't say I went for quality this year because I had none of those projects where other years I'll at least do a few. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I do want to say I got like a mix in because mm-hmm. I did a whole bunch of speed painting stuff and terrain Mm-hmm. So I speed painted some Frostgrave guys, and then I did a bunch of terrain, which you never, well, you could spend a whack of time on it, but it's a whole. I did two whole boards of terrain. Uh huh. So there's sort of you gotta push yourself for speed for that. But also I finished an O12 army early in the year, and then painted mm-hmm. miniatures to be photographed for our game. So those were kind of more towards the quality end, but not like a showcase, like competition miniature.
0: Should have been showcase.
1: I try I try pretty hard. You saw the photographs. You can judge yeah, there. Yeah. No, they yeah. look good.
0: Yeah. That's you can you, if you want to, uh listeners, you can check it out at uh bloodofstars.com. We have a bunch of photos of of what we're talking about right now.
1: I'd like to think they stack up to box art quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you're laughing, I'm laughing. Anyways, I would say I did a mix this year, just based on that. All right.
0: All right. Uh for uh, me in terms of quantity versus quality. I'd like to say that I went for quantity, but I actually didn't paint that much stuff this year. So I finished uh, a bunch of uh, well, I I, I finished a Rama army, which was good. Right, moved on to Rama, which is uh, an Infinity uh sectorial. Uh, painted a tag, but I was really more aiming for you know, getting things done quickly with a decent look, right? And then uh, the other thing that I think I feel like I spent a lot of my time on was actually creating a quantity of miniatures, uh, as in 3D printing them. I feel like that was my major thing this year. I just printed a lot of miniatures, uh, and I have yet to paint a bunch of them, although I did end up finishing painting the... um, the vanguard force for our game using um oh sh- shoot, sci-fi I using contrast paints using what no 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 I, I just painted them normally oh okay uh i've just uh forgotten the actual uh what do you call it the 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 stls that i actually got
1: Oh, the guys from Matt, from Matt Station or what part? Of yes, that?
0: Matt Station. Sorry, I had to look that up. It's, I didn't put those in my notes. I just assumed I would remember, stupidly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I painted a whole bunch of Matt Station guys and then he, they released a bunch of new Matt Station uh, guys, so I, I, I printed them up. And so I've just been like dialing that in as a hobby thing. So in some ways, I guess that is quantity. It's just not painting quality. quantity. You okay. can say it's equivalent to assembling. Okay, so lots of guys, all right. Yeah. Yeah, and, all right. and more quantity than quality.
1: Okay, so is that going to affect your your sentence of summing up the year? Do you want to go for your sentence first? Or?
0: Yes, sure. Just like that, uh, I felt like um, I wasn't just concentrating on on painting or playing or whatever. So the thing that summed up this year for me was do all the things. So I basically tried a little bit of everything this year. Like I said, I did 3D printing. So I printed off a bunch of miniatures. Uh, I did a little bit of painting in Infinity, played a bunch of uh, Frostgrave, also tried out a bunch of new games. uh, And we even went to a different convention this year, which uh, is Adepticon, right? And then on top of that... uh, with the game that we've been working on. We spent a lot of time doing game design, uh game polishing, rule book writing, uh, you know, like, cover art and things like that, all those kind of things. It's just it which I guess you could say it's not a what the the core part of the miniature gaming hobby is, but it is definitely a part that, you know, a lot of people participate in, right?
1: Mm-hmm. There's an
0: entire like website, right, for, you know, self-publishing uh, miniature games and things like that, right? Wargamer Vault. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like that has really given us a widespread of, well, me, a, lo- a widespread of things uh, to do. Even worked on a bit of terrain and stuff for my battle tech. So, oh, I've done different scales as well, which I usually have stayed in 28 millimeter, but this year, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this year it's I just felt like I've done all of the
1: things uh that
0: there is to do in this hobby
1: did you finish painting that rising sun board game this year or was that the year before no that was like two years ago oh my god okay we just haven't played played it
0: yes exactly exactly how about you
1: all right i would say i just finished up things from the year before (laughs) yeah i know it's better late than never is, is yeah it might be so- better up. <laughs> i wouldn't call it better late than never because they weren't ready to be done the year before it's basically uh, i came up with a whole bunch of ideas near the end of 2022 and like assembled okay. guys primed guys like i'd assembled prime tons of guys from my 0 012 army mm-hmm. for infinity that needed painting like in say october of 2022 i assembled and painted tons of guys for like our game for the different factions that, like, there was good... They just had to be painted this year. Um, in terms of last year, I said I would paint terrain, like, make a set of terrain for our game, and obviously mm-hmm. then I ended up doing that. It just... And we figured we'd be finishing a Frostgrave campaign, start another campaign for Frostgrave. Well, no, I that wasn't really necessarily the plans. So that plan came up with this year, but mostly it's just been, like, up until now. No, even now, even the stuff on my painting desk... Is for my Akari army, but from a tag rating thing I ordered two years ago. So yeah, I literally, even now in December, I'm wrapping up things that I thought I would do from two years ago. But that's just Kickstarter delivered oh, in two years. Okay. So,
0: so, so, what was the sentence? Finally complete or something, or
1: oh, finishing things from the year before. It's only one oh, year,
0: and, before. and the year before the year before.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the tag stuff. <laughs>
0: Alright, so now let's go into, I think we've we've talked a little bit about what we've been doing, but um, why don't we go through some highlights of this year? What was the things that really stood out to you this year in your experience in the hobby?
1: Well, you already mentioned that we went to Adepticon for the first time, Mm -hmm. so that really stood out because before we'd just been going to Gen Con. I think we went to the predecessor of Captain Con before, and we've gone to local cons. But mm-hmm. all of those have either been much smaller or, like, Gen Con was mixed board games and other stuff. But just mm-hmm. going to a giant, pure miniature gaming convention was really mm-hmm. cool. Because, like, everyone you talk to, everything you see is all miniatures. All so miniatures that, all the time. Yeah, all miniatures all day, all the time. was pretty amazing. And other highlights of this year was making two tables worth of terrain. Because normally in a given year I may make one table of terrain. Neither of these were, like, super mm-hmm. huge terrain projects. One Mm -hmm. was the train for our game, just so everything was scratch built, sort of looking the way we want things to look, sort of for Mm -hmm. the kind of idea of the game. And then the other was do a board of terrain for our our Infinity Club at our local game store. So getting in two tables of terrain is always pretty good. Yeah, shout out to the sword and board. Yep. And also updating my speed painting method, because I tried the contrast painting thing, it wasn't for me. But mm-hmm. then I tried some other things where you just base coat everything, then you wash it and you edge highlight. I'm like, eh, I'm not so big on this. So I came up with another okay. much more complicated hybrid version involving starting base coating the miniature with the airbrush. Because I just see all these people like online that are amazing painters painting busts, mm-hmm. and they start off with the airbrush. It's like, yeah, sure, mm-hmm. that's like a 200-millimeter scale miniature. But uh, I'll use the same technique and just start it with the airbrush and sort of mm-hmm. start from a shadow with the airbrush then build up different things either by using the airbrush or by going over it with like dry brushing first just to sort of develop a better-looking speed painting style because I, yeah. I don't want slap-chop-looking miniatures, even though you kind of... I, I, I
0: guess the question is, is it still speed painting? Yes. Or is compared, speed painting relative?
1: Uh, compared to what happens <laughs> when you open the book from Angel Giraldas' painting guide for uh-huh. Infinity and you uh, do all the steps, which is what I normally do, it's way mm-hmm. faster
0: okay fair I think you answered it's relative
1: yeah okay so if those are the highlights of things that I have done this year that are feel different than years before
0: all right. Yeah, for me, I would say yeah, definitely uh, Adepticon was uh, surprisingly fun. I guess I, I expected it to be fun, right? Because I heard a lot of good things. But actually going there, it was it was uh, quite an experience. I still like uh, Gen Con as well, just because it's a different kind of vibe with a bunch of different games. But honestly, uh, for the past little while, I have been quite dedicated to miniatures games as my hobby of choice. And kind of board games have fallen out of Uh, favor for me so i do wonder if if like adepticon is kind of taking that flagship spot of a convention if you want to go um the only thing is that i'm starting to warm up to rpgs uh, again so i had a little bit of taste a few years ago right of actually getting some regular stuff in and i wonder if if i can this year start up more uh rpg games uh, i might still want to go to to Gen Con and maybe maybe I'd end up favoring it. Um besides that, like I said, Frostgrave, uh I just I think this is the year that um has really solidified my idea that Frostgrave is my favorite game. Uh, I think I mentioned it last year that Frostgrave had become my favorite game, but it still felt a little bit uh, like I, I was guess a little bit uh Still, it was still fighting with infinity in terms of the kind of gameplay but just that like the ridiculous things that happen in Frostgrave and the and the um just the craziness that happens in it just has really sold the game to me as as my favorite game and also as kind of like the aesthetic and the way that people um
1: I'll call with their own creative projects and, it's just, yeah. just coming up with like your own creative project
0: yeah, the kind of atmosphere that the kind of gameplay uh, engenders is just really enjoyable to me, and I guess I guess it helps that you know we're playing Frostgrave uh, with a, a cool group of guys, right? So that mm-hmm. obviously helps as well. Although we have a cool group of guys in playing Infinity too, so I guess the that that you know that that helps, you know, just uh, playing with cool people. Um, but yeah uh when we finished that second campaign it was a little bit longer and just seeing the i guess this is the first second edition campaign that we finished and it was oh i guess it wasn't technically a second edition campaign right we played second edition but it was technically a first edition campaign yeah right yeah, but just that experience of playing with all of the second edition revised rules, uh, it was it was fun and we got to see, you know, dive more deeply uh, into the game and see how especially the higher level gameplay uh, worked, which we, uh, you know, when we were playing before it was a lot, you know, smaller games, you know, one-offs or, or, or you, like you lower don't... level wizards because you never,
1: yeah. You don't have all sorts of items at your disposal. You're like, and yeah. this happens, and I bust out this scroll. Yes, or I have this exactly. item that we do this ability here. And everyone's like, oh, my God. Rather and than they like, oh, it's all basic stuff. And then understanding your
0: opponent high-level wizards and saying, oh, I know you're going to do this. I better be wary for about this thing, right, is the kind of fun. Uh, but then having uh, less a uh, come in and play the DM at the end, because at the very end of uh, Maze of Malkor, there's... Uh, you the know, there's forces. always an enemy wizard. Yeah, yeah the enemy, enemy forces. forces become much more yeah. significant. Yeah, so it becomes quite fun to... Uh, it, it became a kind of interesting four-way plus also versus the monster kind of gameplay, mm-hmm. which uh, it was a fun mix of uh, competitive plus co-op kind of thing where you're like, you know, you have to team up kind of but you also are not actually as <laughs> you actually don't yeah. have to team up at all right in the end. So that that kind of gameplay was uh I think really enjoyable and a, and a great blast. I really had a lot of fun uh, finishing that campaign. And I'm hoping that the new campaign that we've started uh is going to end in a in, in a similar uh high way.
1: Yeah there's a um, lot of narrative narrative points, narrative things that happened in that. And yeah, if anybody plays Path of the Witch Lord I highly suggest they get someone to like control the enemy the wizard shades, yeah. Just because they they behave so much more with so much more personality, and because somebody talks, somebody shit talks back to you when you go to try to kill
0: You mean Ma- Maze of Malkor or oh, Maze of Lord? No, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Maze of Lich Lord
0: yes. does have one, it like does. the very last guy is the Lich, which yeah. is great when you have someone else playing it. I agree. Yes. Yeah, Maze of Malkor though, the last five missions or something. Is it something like has a has a wizard? Yeah, it's great if you have someone else playing it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is working on our game actually has been uh, really uh, enjoyable and rewarding, right? Like we've come to the somewhat at the very end and um, of the development of the game, uh, cleaning up the rules, uh, doing all of the you know, art and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and finishing that kind of stuff up has been, you know, a treat. I, I don't think we've... You know, we've done uh, designs for a bunch of other games before, but we've never gone this uh, far in terms of completing the actual thing to make a, an actual, you could say, product, right?
1: Trying to make and it so, look like the big boys version. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah, and so we have, we have that. We've play-tested it more. We've gone through way more iteration, right, and changed things that... Uh, you know, tweaks, tweak things all the way through, uh, which has you know going through every single time and being like, okay, so this is like the last time we're gonna change it, and and, and then uh, this year actually we we added uh, and, and modified two significant things, right? The the way that the um, the strike point actually helps you uh, helps you fight, right? Was kind of a a, a brilliant kind of change right so um you know just being able to attack again instead of just re-rolling like making it more consistent when you're attacking people around it I thought that was uh really great and and kind of obvious when you think about <laughs> when you're thinking yeah. about it uh, and then uh, um, the other thing is adding in the uh, terminals uh, to, to have it a little bit more of a grounded game I thought that was you know, just, just those kind of constant iteration and seeing how we're coming out at the end with, with some art and everything. I'm just uh, pretty happy with where it is. Oh, we have an army builder as well. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it looks like a real game. I know. Yeah. The other ones are like, uh, it is a real game. This is, yeah. Now it like, has all the constituent parts of a real game.
0: Yeah. So we just got to, yeah, you know, do some more marketing. Obviously, more play testing. get more people to play test it. That's always the thing we can do. Uh, but yeah, that's where we are. And I think that's, I'm quite happy with that. I thought it was quite fun. I think I also mentioned 3D printing. Uh, that has
1: been... When did you get your 3D printer? Interesting.
0: No, I got it last year. Oh. But this year I've been polishing things up. I, I got a whole new like enclosure in my for my 3D printer and just dialing things in, right? Getting used to that kind of stuff uh so um it's been interesting honestly um understanding the 3d printer and how to pr- how to print it uh and and how much potential is there but also how much work there is and how much i think that i would not recommend this for the average miniature gamer
1: <laughs> how you just hope the services to print stuff get better and more automated
0: Yes, exactly. I'm like, this is totally the future of miniature gaming, but I don't think it is actually the future for the average uh, miniature gamer. To me, this definitely seems like something that your game store should be doing for you, and that could be, you know, a a space where they would do it. Kind of like Kinko's. So miniature gaming Kinko's, I feel like, is the future. Like, it's the kind of thing, like... Printing for 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 um, you know your home is actually not as popular I think as it it was in its heyday right because there's everyone does digital and when you want to print you want a certain level of printing and a lot of the times you want it to be like higher level and professional you are not you, you can't even do that at home you're you're still going to Kinkos right so uh-huh. I feel like Kinkos that that the same kind of thing happens for miniature gaming because you want a certain level of quality. Uh, And so, um, but to get that certain level of quality at home is, I feel like, too hard. And there's too many, the biggest thing is safety, honestly. There's a lot of safety things going into it that um, uh, I think makes it unreasonable for the average person to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But learning that has been a highlight of, of this of this uh, year and also printing off all this terrain for all of my battle tech and stuff.
1: Do you have a separate workshop? No? Mm, Maybe that's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to have your own house, basically, or, or, or well, I don't have my own house. I have have it in the basement of my parents' place right now, but uh, you have to have definitely a separate place. All right. That, I guess, was the highlights. Uh, So now we're going to specific things. Um first things first, I think we mentioned that we we talked about this last time, but uh this year, what was your uh best game in your opinion?
1: Honestly, I think it was Frostgrave, us just playing through the Maze of really? campaign. Yeah. Look. I'm yes just, <laughs> I'm just thinking like what game generated the most like narrative elements of gaming? Because I find if you can kind of like if you have a whole like way you can narrate back between all the players what you were doing, and like in Frostgrave, it even has like continuity between the games too. At least how Maze and Malkor ended up working, mm-hmm. that like you have a whole story set up for your army just based on how it played through the game and what you did with the other players, and with how you said before one of the guys just switched off of his warband and started being the enemy wizard shades that would appear throughout the game. It yeah. just Created a whole dynamic between all the players of like, oh, here's my strategy, what do I do to you. It's like, oh well, I started countering it by doing this, and yeah. it's like, oh well, you're afraid of my warband because I have all this like this magic weaponry, and it just it just began developing yeah. more of a narrative to the game than most games of Infinity I was playing were getting. Like the games of Infinity were yeah. still really tactical and all that. Yeah. I found sure. so I've been playing my O12 army for Infinity for most of the year. It's a fun army to play, yeah. but it just in terms of like each game feeling like there's a story behind it, Frostgrave just did that so well this year.
0: Yeah, and and the, the the special missions, the different missions, really give narrative and novel weight to every single time we're playing, right? Yeah. If we were so just... every game feels like it's like building because it's just a campaign system, right? There's a lot of games with campaign system, but I feel like the way that it happens with um, Frostgrave and the the magic items and this, the kind of things, especially one of the big things in of Malcor is you get a boat, so everyone's running around in boats, uh, and you know you get to build your boat for your for your uh, your wizard team. It just felt it felt uh, interesting, novel, great, like different from the the previous Frostgrave uh, missions we were playing. So I totally agree.
1: Yeah, if we were playing the missions out of the back of the second edition book, I don't think. I would have had that experience, but yep. just how well written the Maze of Malcor campaign was, I think that's mm-hmm. that's what put it over the top. Cool.
0: Well, we agree there because yeah, that was my favorite game. I think you could tell by how much time I spent on on my highlights was about just that Frostgrave campaign. So, so I won't belabor it. Uh, but yeah, I really like Frostgrave. And that's not to say that Infinity isn't great. Like, we still play Infinity every Monday, right? We play Infinity more than Frostgrave. But um, I, I just, like I said, I like like Frostgrave. But uh, Infinity definitely is still a great game. The tactical gameplay in that game is, uh, is uh, excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of unmatched in terms of cinematic moments, in terms of competitive games, right? The fact that it's competitive but also cinematic mm-hmm. is so rare in so many games, right? A lot of ones that that can be that competitive and that skill intensive end up feeling more like chess, but okay. which is like it becomes almost abstract, right? A lot of there's but but just the way Infinity works, it's great. But like I said, hail to the king. Frostgrave is great.
1: It might also be because I finished painting my O-12 army early in the year, and then I just switched to painting miniatures and like, terrain and other stuff uh-huh. throughout the rest yeah. of the year. So I'm not like, oh, I have this brand-new Infinity army that's cool to explore and learn how you use it in that really yeah. tactical manner on the board. So that's that's usually what keeps me really interested in Infinity, is just like creating mm-hmm. new armies, creating new ways to play. And I haven't been doing that as much this year, so... That, so that I have
0: actually got three different units uh that were very different in infinity painted up i ended up liking only one of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot like the other two are fine right so i really like the Namur and the way that Namur plays uh but i didn't really like the uh the tag that i've already forgot the name of the shakush
1: mm-hmm. exactly and good, the yeah. sunda
0: but which sunda but is more interesting but i don't know
1: it kind of looks okay. like a little- kind of looks like a little mech warrior, actual scale mech warrior mech, but on the yeah. infinity table the same size. So you're like, yeah. oh, this could be, this looks cool. It should be cool. I'm like, yeah, it's too many points for what it does, I suppose. No,
0: it's actually very good. Uh, okay. It's very good, but it's kind Hopefully of – Play style. Yeah, the a play little... a little bit – yeah, it, it, it just sits there and stops your opponent from doing anything.
1: That's <laughs> so. yeah, a, it's a lot of points you dedicate towards just doing that one strategy, so you don't have yeah. other, some other strategies that you can put in.
0: Yeah, so and it's it's a little bit less active, I guess, than than other strategies. So it's mm-hmm. I feel like it's less fun. But you know, like maybe that colored my view of of how fun Infinity was. But considering Frostgrave as being a couple years running now, especially since we've been doing the long long term campaigns, uh, I don't know if that's gonna change anytime soon. Because we also are going through a new campaign for Frostgrave, which should probably keep unless there's another game that blows everything away. Frostgrave will keep. Uh, Keep my attention for the next year.
1: Yeah, look, it's... Although... Spell, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's got me enthused enough, at least the last campaign. Just mm-hmm. start... Because a lot of the spells have things you put on the board, because it's kind of D&D-like. You cast mm-hmm. the wall spell, you cast the fog spell. Mm-hmm. so I've, And you put, like, explosive runes on the board. So I've just been more, like, enthused to make the objects that represent mm-hmm. those spells as sort of tokens on the board, not, like, flat tokens, but, like, fully modeled, painted tokens just to add to the experience. Because when other people bring stuff like that, it makes it really cool. And just Mm. having them for myself makes the game more fun.
0: Yeah, totally. I feel like... um... I well I guess I kind of did that I have a well not really I guess I did illusionary soldiers and things like that and I've been 3d printing a couple of things I think you saw my uh demon that I'm going to be using if I can actually get that summoned. so we'll see um I will say though having played it so long now I have been noticing the uh not all spells are created equal, and there is, I feel like, I think we, when we initially talked about Frostgrave, we, 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 we were quite happy with the rebalancing of the spells, but having played it this long, I do have now a list of changes I would do for all of the spells, and there's a lot of changes I would do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just balancing. And that's kind of just like exercises that I do every once in a while, just like, you know, going through games. I guess that's another part of the hobby, going through games and think, oh, what would I do, or or, or what could what could change to make it a better game. But yeah, the other shout out I want to give uh, is to uh, Arena Rex. So we hadn't played Arena Rex for years, but then when we went to play Adepticon, mm-hmm. uh, we play we took out our Arena Rex is,
1: uh, miniatures. Is this and another? It. Are we are we into another question? or Are we still going with the same question?
0: I was just doing a runner-up because I just like talking about oh. best games. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. You know what?
1: All right. It could fit into the next question. That's why. I'm just it like, could
0: fit into the next yeah, question. Yeah. I'm like, this might be more the next question. I'll just leave it question. at shout-out. Oh, you're right. I've been talking for too long. I just want to shout-out all my favorite games, and maybe that's a little bit too much. So I'll just say Renewix is great. But uh, now on to the next question, which is best hobby experience. Mm-hmm.
1: We answer the last one first. Sure, I'll go. That's I'm gonna steal your Arena Rex (laughs) because I would actually say my most enjoyable hobby experience was playing Arena Rex at Adepticon. And you're like, but why? You've only played two games before that. Shouldn't it be Uh awful and stressful? But the Uh reality is, Arena Rex isn't that super deep of a game where you feel you can't grasp it after a couple games.
0: So You should have played more than two games to yeah, catch up. Yeah, we We, we, should we, have. Definitely we <laughs> were definitely
1: rusty. We definitely weren't very solid on the rules and had, like, kind of learned yeah. some important things in the tournament. But yes. it's just, it was like, really fun to see. Like, normally when you slowly get into a game rather than playing, like, five games in one day, was it? Yeah. That normally it you learn things slowly over the course of getting into it. You're like, oh, cool, I found this new thing, this new thing. And, oh, I learned how this army plays. I learned how this army plays. So, like, yeah, just take all that and cram it. all that learning stuff, all that, like, new excitement of seeing new units on the board. Just take mm-hmm. that and cram that in between 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. in one day. And just, like, yeah. learning the tactics for your army and just getting the experience of, like, the uh, the game makers were there and created a campaign for it. It's different than the missions that are in the book, and they did a really cool job of that. So just getting to experience a new campaign, seeing yes. all the new stuff, getting to play with new painted mattresses of the one I painted and borrowed of your other ones. It's like everything was new all at once. So that was yeah. pretty impressive. Pretty good experience from that. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't necessarily suggest that people learn the game in a tournament for any game. We but
0: did learn it before, we and we, we, have, we have played it you know, lo- a long time ago, but we mm-hmm. had to catch up, right? Because we hadn't played it in a while. And we did play two games before yeah. we went there. there was so a new we, dis- we're not, we were just, just, we just realized once we started playing that the two games was not enough. We, we should have played it a little bit more. No. There was definitely some rules
1: for Rusty in. No, and they'd come up with a new edition rules to polish things as well, so. That's true. That is true.
0: Oh, and the new polished rule set is quite good. So I'm, I, I quite like it. The models are amazing. Uh, I did... You know, like seeing my miniatures, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I painted these guys pretty well." So I, I was quite happy. You know, so yeah, I, I totally agree. That was great. And I, uh, sorry, do you want to continue more or?
1: Yeah, nice enough. I ended up buying an army of my own. There wasn't one nice. of the two factions that you already have. So yeah, it's not a huge commitment yeah. to buy like eight miniatures, I think. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Although I think in the new one the new tournament for Adepticon it'll be six. So if you're gonna get in on that tournament, you're going to Adepticon. Uh, I think you might only need six models. So
1: Well, you gotta play test, see what's good, you know. Maybe That's maybe true. I should try to come up with an army that like six oh, yeah, abilities. It for, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um
0: uh for me, um like I well I do did love Arena Rex, so it was super great and I kind of agree but I'm choosing something a little bit different. My best hobby experience was Adepticon as a whole. I am going to say Battletech. So,
1: <laughs> You're just like, making sure it was a Battletech pretty much. Oh, no, I didn't, like... Battle <laughs> Tech.
0: I, didn't, I didn't play Battletech. I didn't play Battletech at Adepticon. I ended up doing a little bit of a, a Battletech in Gen Con, but uh, at Adepticon, it was just such a rewarding experience, just seeing like exactly like you were talking about before, right? Uh. The fact that you know we'd never gone before and gone and seen how big the miniature gaming hall was and how you know dedicated everyone was to miniature gaming, right? It was like six thousand, seven thousand, eight thousand people who were all miniature enthusiasts, right? Um, the only thing that I felt like was missing a little bit was the a painting competition that wasn't run by GW. Like, there was another one. There was, like, I think P3 Masters, but, like, a generic one, right, that I I would have enjoyed. But just to be able to see all sorts of different miniatures from all sorts of different things. But overall, uh, it was a really great experience. Uh, And we ended up meeting a whole bunch of people from Toronto there, which was – surprising i guess i guess it shouldn't be surprising you know we go to a store there's a bunch of people dedicated to miniature gaming so it makes sense that some of them would also go to adepticon so and then the the show floor so here's the thing one thing i love about going to these cons is just the uh commerce that you could do there and i didn't think adepticon would would have a lot of commerce but it ended up having a lot yeah. like even though the floor is so much smaller it's still spilled over um, the Con, halls
1: to, for like the retailers the amount
0: Yeah, exactly. The amount of of miniature gaming stuff for for sale was probably more than what's at Gen Con overall, which is surprising, right? Like, Gen Con is orders of magnitude larger, but miniature gaming is a very small part of Gen Con, right? Whereas Adepticon is still quite big. Right, and so I was just really impressed with that. Getting getting to see all of these hobby games or smaller games that, uh, uh, in some ways, are are pushed out of Gen Con because Gen Con's too expensive now, uh, which is probably ominous when you think about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they just become more commercial. Yeah, I'm just thinking of some of the local cons that are just pure fandom. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So you know, there. So I feel like Adepticon. I still had seems to be able to still have all of that kind of smaller stuff, which was, was quite cool. so i I really enjoyed it. We played a whole bunch of things. Meta, like you said, Arena Rex was a capstone in terms of a fun event that you wouldn't be able to get here, not only because you know Arena Rex doesn't have a lot of, uh, you know regular gameplay here, and not a lot of people have it, uh, yes. but just the entire tournament with the game makers having special events happening very gladiatorial uh, by the way arena Rex is a gladiator game I don't know if we mentioned that if
1: so, guess from, yeah
0: yeah so uh, just that ha- just that idea of having the owner the 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 the, the, the pr- people running the the tournament uh, acting like like uh you know caesar or something and declaring the 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 different things that the gladiators are going to have to fight over and just it just felt rare very, very narrative and and again the people that showed up there were really fun and cool so <laughs> it was great oh man yeah so that was uh, my favorite
1: experience all right then so the, the counter side to that
0: Yeah, Yeah. so basically, as uh, people who have listened to a podcast uh, know, we like talking a lot of shit. So, of course, we can't have everything be positive about all the great things uh, that happened this year. we got to add a little bit of negativity in there. So uh, the last thing,
1: we'll end on a sour note, (laughs) is uh, the... Are we going to talk about our thoughts for next year, or are we going to save that for another time? Yeah.
0: I guess that was not on my list. But I did mention that before
1: yes we should
0: probably talk about next year which uh, I did write down so I did write it down it's just not on the list that I created
1: for some reason it's okay like uh, we said we forgot what we said would happen this year but like I like <laughs> I said before I primed like yes. so many guys in 2022 I'm like here's an entire year of painting I, I kind of know yeah. what I'm gonna do so apparently so- I forgot
0: the list of questions that we actually had when I wrote up this list mm-hmm. so uh All right. So the the second last, the penultimate thing is uh, worst hobby letdown. So what is the thing during this year that you were somewhat excited for and it kind of let you down? Or maybe you weren't excited, but it still somehow somehow made you feel bad.
1: So the way to make things feel the most bad is usually to put them way up on a pedestal. And then just mm-hmm. kick them off the pedestal down to the pit, because you know if you're just at the regular level and you fall into the pit, that's it's kind of harsh. But if you build this extra pedestal and you kick something off of it, and mm-hmm. into the pit, then you're then you're really feeling the pain. That's true. So so that that pain came from Infinity Reinforcements, their their sort oh, of yeah. add-on experiment, I would call it, at this stage to the game, where they mm-hmm. came out with like packs of guys, like six guys. Who are. Yes, I think so. That's like a core pack of six guys who are common. There's one common one for each faction you use for all the sectorals that are in each faction. Anyways. So the metrics they showed for that were super cool. Mm -hmm. But then when the rules came out, the rules just completely clashed with the nature of how the game plays. Mm -hmm. And that just ruined the experience it just clashed with the core of how the game plays and the core rules of the game. So, I felt like it
0: it, yeah, it it needed more time in the oven. There's a lot of things that when we're playing just felt like they broke a lot of the cool, fun, strategic parts of the game. Like, normally, it's a big deal to be able to, at the end of, you know, the second turn, control the midboard, right? Stopping your opponent from being able to push through. But, uh you know, or have your opponent, uh you know, approach you because you have good fire positions and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. But then uh, reinforcements allow you to just appear, not even drop down so that that your opponents can react. Even though ARO is literally like one of the main things of Infinity that makes it work. For some reason, they get rid of that for this kind of uh, secondary deployment and reinforcements, which makes no sense. The entire idea of reinforcement, story-wise is that... Forces are now smaller because of how what what shit has gone down in the Infinity Universe. So they have mobile uh, re, uh, reinforcement teams that show up, but they have to show up. Like, how is this different than airdrop, which has existed in the game for so long, right?
1: Yes, it's, it's not teleportation. Not. It's, yeah. it's they're showing up. Yeah, and they're, jumping yeah. Out of and the they're
0: supposed to be jump out jumping out of like a plane or something like that. But mm-hmm. apparently, unlike everything else in the game, once the game has started. You can't react to them jumping under the plane. They just land literally right next to you.
1: Yeah, the other guys and who jump under is... the plane, yeah, you can react to them. But these guys who jump under the plane, no, you can't react <laughs> to them. It's like, what what is going on in yeah. this game? I thought I thought I knew the simulate how the simulation was supposed to work. It just yeah. ruins the the cool simulation aspect. Of it. Yeah.
0: And there are so many missions about like ending with units in that zone, in a certain zones, and literally having them just appear without any reaction could just win you the game, just from them appearing. Yeah. Which is kind of ridiculous in terms of mission design towards their the, the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then second of all, not only that, uh, there's a lot of mechanics like hacking where you're trying to get a repeater to be able to hack heavy things in the middle. And basically, with reinforcements, you cannot have a heavy in the middle of the of the board if your opponent's reinforcements haven't come down because there's like repeaters that are just units that appear in like every single uh every single reinforcement group, which allows them to immediately hack if, and if there's not repeaters there's literally hackers who will just appear you and hack all the, all the heavy, hack all the
1: yeah. robots all the heavy stuff all the bro- yep. yeah
0: anything within each, inches so yeah. it just felt like like because of the hype and they they hyped it up initially saying that this is going to change everything uh but then they also made it optional, which was probably a good thing because if this changed everything and it was not optional, this this is one of those things that could be like, I'm not going to play
1: Infinity for a while. Yeah, I think I'm going to take a break until you fix this.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, which is super unfortunate, because I love so many of the miniatures that they made for I these know. things, right? And I just wish they had just done them for sectorials. And there's another thing that was negative, um, is that... Um, a lot of the new models don't even go into a sectorial, but not only not into a sectorial, they don't even go into vanilla. So you can buy the reinforcements pack for Yu Jing, and if you're not playing reinforcements, reinforcements, you can't technically play with those minis. Like yeah, you can always cool. use them as as uh, you know uh,
1: proxies. Yeah, some of them but, are some of them are like already existing miniatures, but the brand new ones, a lot of them, no, they don't they don't yeah. become available.
0: Which is, in my opinion, a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, so that's a long way to say that that is also my biggest letdown of the year.
1: Okay.
0: It was. It I was pretty psyched. We were like thinking about, oh, well, what's it gonna be like? Is it gonna be like a new thing? Is it gonna be required? Right? Is this gonna be a huge shakeup like when they kicked out? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, JSA from Yu Jing. So suddenly, everyone who was who had JSA models in their in their uh, Yu Jing army could not use those models anymore.
1: I found that funny because it wasn't my faction. <laughs> I just laughed at those people. I was one of those people. Yeah, well, I got a good laugh out of that. <laughs> I'm sure it'll happen to me at some point for one of my armies, but you know, it's fine. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just keep building more armies.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> it it was unfortunate um i guess i do want to talk about because we had the chose the same thing i do want Mm -hmm. to talk to to see if there's a any any runners up but this one really dominated my mind in terms of negatives so i haven't really even
1: yeah we we played BattleTech the the more og version Uh but i mean it was what we expected it was very like yeah Crunchy. It was very crunchy, very spreadsheety. But if you know that going into it, you're not yeah. like disappointed. You're just like okay, I, I felt like me. there was
0: not that much strategy either.
1: No, I was yeah, that part slightly let me down. But because I I already knew that this wasn't the style of game for me, I'm like okay, so we just lined our forces up. Okay, we this guy's running at the other guy because that's what he does. These guys are lined up in their cover shooting, and we just mm-hmm. exchange fire and rush at each other once once yeah. we've lined up our assault. you're kind of yeah it's very
0: simulationist Mm -hmm. so there was not a lot i feel like considering how crunchy it is i was expecting there to be more
1: uh more ability to choose yeah you could choose choose. what part of the mech you were targeting or something because they created this whole mechanic around like your arms getting damaged and stuff like that it's like okay you created the mechanic so why can't i interact with the mechanic why is this just random
0: yeah, well, it's not fully random. Technically, if you're on one side of the guy, then you can shoot that more, but I just like... Yeah, it didn't side.
1: even feel like it. it. was like, oh, well, I shot him from the right, but it kind of just hit his left side. Okay, whatever. It's like, sure. I don't know. I have, no, <laughs> I have no choice in this matter. What do I care?
0: Yeah, so I can see how it's somewhat fun just to see that simulation of, of, of how the battle happens, but I don't know. It, was, it definitely wasn't for me. I did like Alpha Strike a lot more. I never played with you, but like... Mm-hmm. Uh, so so to me, though, that was, I don't know if that was a disappointment. I no, guess no, the, I the, would the biggest disappointment, disappointment. Uh, is somewhat wrapped up in uh, one of my highlights is for resin printing. So dialing it in, like all the work, like it's rewarding in some ways to dial it in, but like, all of the resin, and, and and I've had to throw away a bunch of prints because I didn't necessarily dial everything in well, and that has been a little bit somewhat more frustrating, I guess, than I was uh, hoping. Um, so they're not, like, you know, normal, uh, what do you call it, uh, ink printers, although maybe they are because ink printers break
1: all the time and it's so much work. You don't, you don't work in an office where you print stuff all the time. It's pretty frustrating. Pretty, pretty, so actually They're pretty frustrating. Exactly the same. It's exactly
0: the same. It can be really frustrating. And then the other thing is learning about, you know, just the general safety. Uh, Like I I was, you know, trying to keep everything safe, but like trying to dial it up a notch just to keep it extra safe. Right. Especially, you know, I'm uh, I'm keeping it at at my parents' place. So I want to make sure it's extra safe, more like extra not bad or whatever. So, uh, just all the, that kind of thing. And then realizing, considering how much extra materials for safety and work that I had to do, I was like, this was so cool. And I, I wanted to recommend this kind of thing for everyone. But considering how much effort it actually is, even mm-hmm. though I've kind of bought in, I could not realistically recommend 3D printing to your average gamer. Well,
1: yeah, because like, it thinking-
0: literally is still a hobby in and of itself.
1: Yeah, because I'm just thinking, like, even the airbrush setup is often too much for, like, 70% yeah. of miniature painters. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I enjoy having the airbrush, but I had to, like, make it a permanent fixture in my painting area mm-hmm. and have the right painting area for it. Otherwise, yeah. it would be a non-starter. So.
0: But at, But at the same time, the ability to print all these different miniatures and all these different things is so huge. It is so... It is worth it as a secondary hobby, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think I've now got it to a point where it's a little bit faster, but again, it still takes a bunch of time, right? So, mm-hmm. I guess that's a secondary disappointment. After the first, after last year, where I was like, "Oh my God, this this thing is amazing,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's still amazing. It's just, you know, it comes with some warts. All right. Uh, I guess we did say that after that, I, I was going to end on the sour note, but I guess you wanted to continue and talk about our hopes for the future.
1: There's, there's going to be a future? What? We're not, <laughs> we're not in the end times? Oh, okay. We are in the end times. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you figured we're in the end future, times. Future, the
0: near future, right? Not, not, not 2025 or whatever happens then. Just the next year. So...
1: I'm chewing on ice (laughs) whatever it's the middle of winter and I'm chewing on ice
0: yep all right so you want me to start or you want to go
1: oh so I guess we're basically going for our predictions for how our hobbying is going to go in 2024 yeah Yeah. that's what I said hopes for the future
0: I guess I yours are not necessary. Okay, I guess yeah, your end are like
1: hopes. this is technically- <laughs> These don't read like hopes at all. <laughs> huh? What do you? What question are you asking? Uh, okay, sorry. Hopes or dreads
0: for for the future. There you go.
1: So, like we said, we're going to Adapticon next year, uh-huh. and because of that, we committed to doing some projects. Uh huh. But I've been moving a little slowly on that, so I think. Uh-huh. Because I want to do a new Infinity Army. Like, Uh a fairly small one. Because we're going to play in a duo tournament. So it's not crazy. As I mentioned before, I also also bought... Yeah, I never... You know how I create armies. I create armies in batches of 50. I'm not going to do that this time. Because that's going to be possible. But also the Arena Rex that we want to play. And I would rather have my own guys for this year. If we get into the event. So Mm -hmm. I feel like between january february march i will just have to create a regimented assembly and painting <laughs> schedule for myself and just be like you will finish this by this week you will finish this by this week so i'm just gonna have to like uh, project manage myself and just crack you know, the yeah you gotta myself. put
0: those work project management skills for into good use for once
1: i don't want to think of how that has to be used that's just called doing more overtime for nothing <laughs> that's how work works don't, no, I, I meant
0: like like using those skills for something useful for once. This this stuff, this miniature
1: painting. Yeah, it's just whipping yourself harder. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't That's realize how too, you I actually like,
0: project manage at work. Uh, just work harder.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Fair but enough. There's there's no other there's no other project management version. Oh oh, just don't do some things. That's the other version. That's Choose true. who gets angry. So the don't thing that might get the back of your minis. <laughs> mm. And just decide whether or not, because as we said before, like the only the big painting competition at Adepticon is Golden Demon. Mm-hmm. There's no like GW thing I'm super stoked to paint, but it's kind of cool to like have your mini in the case so you can talk to people about it. But if I'm not enthused to paint something for Golden Demon, I don't want to have to shove in that like maximum level effort on a painting project when I'm already on a tight schedule. So it's up for debate whether that will even end up as part of that, like, march towards Adepticon. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll think about that. We'll talk about it in a future podcast if it becomes a thing. And sure. other than that, I think I will probably do another store table this year, just sort of revamping terrain we have around there, because we have lots of MDF terrain lying around, but it's mm-hmm. all sort of shoddily done, and it would be nice mm-hmm. to have another... It's been yeah, beaten up. It's all random, different colors because it's just a collection of things people have donated. So it could really, it could use being updated. So we have three, well, we have other tables, but they. Store terrain takes a beating, so it just, it kind of always requires a bit of updating. Yeah, so, so I'd like to do another one of those this year and just get a bit more creative with it because we don't need it as bad because we're doing pretty well for terrain. So mm-hmm. that's just called it takes more time, but. That's fine. So, that's on the thing that I want to do. And then at some point later in this year, we will wrap up the Frostgrave campaign for the Red King. Mm-hmm. Even though it's got 12, 13 missions in it, mm-hmm. we should wrap it up near the end of next year mm-hmm. and probably start another campaign by the end of 2024. You figure or not figure?
0: Uh, we might. I don't know if we're going to start a campaign campaign, though, because uh, I don't know if there is one right now.
1: Hmm. Okay. There's,
0: I think this is the... I was talking to Les. Like, there's some smaller ones that we haven't completed, mm-hmm. but I think this is the the last big one that's being released, Ooh. which I was surprised at. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I think the other ones are just one-offs and, and smaller packs of missions that we haven't done. We've done a, couple, uh, a few of those, but we, mm-hmm. we haven't... We, we could we could end up doing twelve missions of you know, three pack campaigns, right? But there's no twelve mission long one left, I don't think.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to message Joe and be like, yo, we've we've run <laughs> out. Like we need one of these a year. Please just give <laughs> yes, us one a year. Exactly. Otherwise we will starve. Yeah. So gotta make sure to mention that to him early so he's got one ready for yeah, the I end think, of twenty twenty four Christmas.
0: I think uh we have we could do the Into the Wilds, right? Mm. Which is, is it's a bit a, shorter,
1: but it's still yeah. It's still a uh, so Into the
0: Wilds, yeah, has some missions, but we could also just play, like, spread that one out and then put in random missions mm. in between, right? Yeah, like you go to out, a twelve thing, yeah.
1: Like when you go into town or whatever during the course of the game, a few times, like so, okay, let's create some, add some extra ones in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we could throw, to... yeah,
0: we could basically look at all the different missions and string together a twelve mission campaign probably yeah, out I'm of just... them.
1: Write our own fluff for that. Okay, so I may not have to build another Frostgrave Warband. I've already bought one. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> discount yeah. War Machines always always around. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, I don't know. Those those next three months are already tight enough. <laughs> and I will. And oh, there's that whole box of miniatures I explained that I primed in uh-huh. 2022. There's still lots yeah. of stuff left in there. Uh huh. I got. I'd like to finish that. So there we go
0: all right for me man uh i guess the biggest thing is just getting ready for adepticon i i have basically for for the miniature gaming hobby i now do things only for i don't like doing anything stressful when i do miniature gaming hobby i realize you know this is my hobby i don't want to add extra stress so luckily, I have my Arena Rex armies painted, uh, but I do have to finish painting my army for uh, my Infinity Army for Adepticon, which we'll have three months to do for 10 guys. Uh, we're doing it in an entirely different style, uh, and I'm hoping that uh, we can also do a like uh, a scenic board to place our miniatures on. Um, so I might end up, you know, I know you're tight, but I might, if we have a stretch, do that. And then I do want to, if we have time, do the one miniature to put into the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It'll only be a single miniature, though, I think, for me. So to me, though, I have a lot less miniatures to paint for that. So uh, I might get there. But that, like you said, that's that's a full three three months. Plus, I've been playing a lot of video games, so... So you know uh, your, that, that. your of
1: output's gonna be capped.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. In terms of how much work I put into it.
1: Yeah, so the one thing I guess I wanted to mention that I wrote down is that mm-hmm. after I don't know, fifteen years I finally bought a new computer, which can play Ooh. video games. So I don't know what'll happen. So to be. Maybe you will play a video game. I haven't I used it to play video games, but I will over the holidays. We'll have to see if it like <laughs> if it just t- takes my soul away again.
0: No, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm literally going to play video games after this call, but uh, don't do it because, exactly, because I'm going to be playing video games after this call. Don't
1: let it take my soul, or don't even let it try.
0: No, no, you can let it take your soul, but I'm just <laughs> warning you that I said, you know, you shouldn't do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I shouldn't even, uh, besides, shouldn't
1: even start. No, I've already downloaded Cyberpunk 2077. You no, 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 you it's should, you should
0: definitely do it. Everyone else does it. Like, this is apparently a normal thing <laughs> <fake> now. You <laughs> know, it's true everyone else does it now like
1: it's true but apparently I how... video
0: games are you know a larger you know larger market than movies now it's kind of crazy
1: did those people play five hours a day for years on end uh no maybe not. maybe not
0: but that just means that you're more prepared for uh playing it again it's not that they haven't reached their co- quota it's that you have now you're now ready to play five hours again. I'm
1: not no I'm not. <laughs> I had no responsibilities at that point. Yeah. As far that's way Fair too enough. much of a retrospective though.
0: Alright. So the other thing uh is that I do want to uh complete our game actually and get that pushed out there this year. And so that is my biggest hope actually mm. for this year. I think we put a lot of effort, I think there's a lot of there. I think we just need to get it out there. Uh, And you have more people play it. And then uh, hopefully at some point, uh, you know, push it out there as a final thing.
1: It's a good reason not to paint a golden demon miniature.
0: (laughs) That's true, actually, when you think about it. Uh, But, you know, I could just paint a bad golden demon miniature. Yeah, I can't
1: can't bring myself to that. There's people there who know me from Toronto who are like, yo, you could do better than that. I'm like, damn it.
0: (laughs) No, no, that's fine. Just don't do better than that. Just be like you don't know me. <laughs> this is this
1: is me. This is the all I new got. me. <laughs> the, <laughs> the new me that plays, plays video games. games again. Oh god. <laughs>
0: new Please. me that plays video games. We're getting older. Our eyesight is worse. You know. Are you using uh, uh, what do you call it? Old man glasses?
1: Fuck yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, I got special old man glasses. the specific ones for miniature painting. I just so. bought reading glasses. It's yeah, I got one one level up up on
1: you. I got I got the special things, zooming ones. Yeah. Well, oh, I didn't buy reading glasses that are good for reading. Like I bought ones <laughs> that are so high in magnification. <laughs> oh, not good for reading. It's good it's for better. like staring at the miniature's little yeah. eyes and dotting them.
0: Yeah, yeah. But that is basically my hopes for next year. So uh, honestly, uh, I think it's really looking up. Um, you know, besides it's, it's one of those things where you know, as miniature, the miniature gaming world uh opens up to us, like I said, I've experienced so many different things. I actually want to continue uh experiencing new things uh next year. I, I'm also thinking this is a little bit crazy, but I am thinking about trying out uh one to 100 scale uh World War 2
1: mm-hmm.
0: and smaller miniatures. Uh, just as a as a little project, you know, I painted a Bolt Action army. Uh, I played one game of that this year, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then I'll paint a one to one hundred uh, full army for I don't know Flames of War or some other game. Legion of I'm not gonna do Legion of Imperial Alice for sure, but uh, but yeah, and then play one game and then be done with it. But like I said, this this is this is gonna continue. This is the new me where I just do projects. Play one game and and be done with it. And then go back.
1: So your prediction of next year's pinballing from here, there, and everywhere? You predict yourself to be a pinball in the that was this this? year. I'm just
0: going to continue doing a little bit more. That was just one of the leftover projects from this year Mm. that I wanted to do and I never got around to. Oh, also I'm supposed to finish my pirate ships. Mm. I forgot about those. I was expecting to finish them for Adepticon, but uh, I haven't even... Oh, I've opened the boxes, but I haven't even assembled a single mini, so that's definitely not happening. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess that's it for our Dreams for the Future and our review of this year. Uh, If you have any thoughts about, you know, this year, you want to tell us any stories you had, any awesome things, any experiences that you had that uh, you want to share with us, uh, give us a shout. Tell us all of... uh, I don't know, the the coolest things that are coming this year or that happened last year.
1: Yeah, or uh, we... conventions you think are cool that <clears throat> we oh, may not true. have made it to before. Because as we said before, we've been to Gen Con, Adepticon, and the predecessor of Captain Con. So.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so give us a shout at uh, contact at com or find us on Facebook or Dice Over Everything. This is being Alan. He is from Brandon. Mm.
1: Bye.